Welcome and happy belated new year to all the listeners of the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. This is going to be a special episode because we're going to catch up a little bit and do a little bit of a Q&A. So without further ado, let's go. So welcome everyone to episode 47, uh, as the intro stated. Um, it's 2019 and I haven't been, uh, haven't published anything in the last little while. Um, just want to wish you all and hopefully you all had a safe uh, New Year's, holidays, however you spent them, however you celebrate them. I hopefully uh, they were good to you and yours. Um Hopefully Santa Claus was good to you if, uh, if Santa is meant to come to your place. Um, it was really good for me. I should just catch you guys all up to speed of where I'm at and what's all going on. Um, yeah, so holidays and such. I did not intend to actually be away from making podcast episodes uh, of the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast for uh, this length of time. It's actually been a month uh, since my last one came out Uh which again, thank you so much for those who have listened to the episodes. Uh, the old episodes are getting sub- like substantial amounts of play. Um, thank you so much for going back into uh, the content, checking it out from where it all started. It's actually very funny that the first ones are probably maybe my worst. I've only listened to them uh, a few times over and they're, they're cringy for me. Uh, I think I've gotten better as a podcaster. But uh, thank you so much for going back, checking out the old stuff, giving them a play, and also hitting up uh, the sponsors that uh, sponsor the podcast with some ad revenue there. Um, Just once again, thank you so much to Anchor again for hosting, distributing, uh, putting the tools in in the creator's hands to uh, make content and product and put it out there. Um, So without further ado, yeah, uh, just that should be all said um yeah just family time holidays sort of got caught up in it took some time off uh sort of needed to refocus and recenter a little bit um but i feel really good uh in terms of it feels good to get going again uh been on the bike a heck of a lot currently enjoying the tour de zwift i don't know if uh you as listeners are currently doing that it's nine stages of uh zwifting so the virtual platform that allows you to engage socially with other folks, various terrains, various challenges, um, super, super fun. There is some heavy hitters just putting out the, the gauntlet and just putting the smackdown on everyone else, which is super fun. But for myself, I'm just really riding it to finish it. I'm in the second phase of my base build, so I'm still not even close to where uh, I want to be fitness-wise. Um, but just looking back at the data from where I am now versus where, uh, my fitness level right now is where, and has surpassed where I wanted it to be for last year, if that makes sense. 
Um, so I'm already off to a great start, feeling good, feeling fit, um, doing strength training, trying to eat well, all that good stuff that comes with New Year's resolutions and goals. A uh, bit more on those in a second. Um, but yeah, feeling fresh and feeling really good and motivated to get some content uh, out there. Future plans for the podcast are to document a little bit more day-to-day recording. Um, and I actually did attempt that, and it's very comical. I will not be sharing uh, those efforts with you because they were some technical difficulties. Um, the audio levels were so out of whack. I tried to salvage it. It did not work out. Um, so I am currently looking at new or better uh, handheld audio devices that one, give me a little bit longer battery life than what I'm currently uh, experiencing, two, uh, longer recording time, meaning uh, where it's recorded to, meaning the memory card device, um, and three, just better, uh, better two-way conversation. So I'm thinking something that has mic outputs as well, so that way I can actually have microphones set up Uh, with the guests and talent that I hope to actually have on the podcast very soon. Uh, There is a small running list of hopefully returning people from previous seasons, um, but also some new voices and new conversations to be had uh, coming up with folks in and around the bike shop. Uh, My goal is to actually have people within the industry, people on the periphery of the industry, meaning um, patrons, but also uh, reps who, yeah, I guess sales reps that I've established relationships with. Um, I'm also hoping to get some pro athletes actually on the podcast. I'm currently working behind the scenes on that. And that's actually what I spent some of my time away. Um, but also, uh, want to get more of a, uh, documentarian, tight feel to some of these episodes coming up um it'd be great to have like long form conversations similar to uh rich roll joe rogan um but also sort of keep them fun and fresh and sort of have that uh vlog sort of feel in that there's a, a bit of a thematic feel for each episode uh similar to how uh, casey neistat does vlogging uh and even peter mckinnon Canadian boy, um, who also does some really great stuff. So I just want to sort of give you an idea of what's to expect from the Bike Shop Boy from podcast in future episodes. That's all goals and ambitions. Um, but yeah, just thought I'd get you all up to speed. So let's get to the next segment. It's going to be goals and resolutions coming up. So usually with the turn of a new year, a new page, a new you, uh, comes also with new goals and new resolutions, whether you want to execute on them or not, or if they're actually practical, those are all conversations to have, I guess, at another time. But I'm curious if you actually have any goals and resolutions. The ones that I've encountered uh, with folks coming into the bike shop over this holiday season is the first one that everyone is one of the most popular for sure top three is that they want to get more fit 
uh, and use a bike to do so. And that's really, really exciting. Um, there's a lot of interesting products in the works in the pipeline coming out. Now, I'm northern hemisphere based and it's currently winter time and it's bloody cold so there's a few options to definitely sort of partake in that um for a bike shop sort of perspective uh, there is you can go with uh a beater bike that you have loved previously or that you may have found uh that is the right size for you and then put the lowest amount of investment into the bike um i'm actually hoping to get two riders slash uh, co-workers that I work with who have done this and they actually have that in their collection for their winter ride um, where I reside it is very cold as well as very snowy so uh, those are just very much things to keep in mind for when you build up your beater bike um, how to sort of take that into response and then also there's the uh, rise and popularity of fat bikes and fat bikes often have massive uh, five inch wide tires in a lot of cases i've noticed this year um, and they're very very popular in that you can take those tires down to very low psi uh, that's pounds per square inch um, and actually ride on very slippery surfaces very uneven surfaces meaning snow uh, snow drifts snow dunes all that fun stuff uh, great for trail riding in the summertime as well so it's a very versatile platform of bike to ride um, and we have been selling quite a few of them and then for those that are not wanting to necessarily ride outside layer up and all that fun stuff or have winter fun times outside uh, I'm one of those people too I don't ride outside at all during the winter um, is to get yourself a smart trainer uh, or a trainer or a set of rollers and uh, work on your aerobic fitness and maybe get a little bit stronger uh, in muscular endurance wise uh, for the coming fair weather seasons um, and that's my choice for how I spend my winter um, and I cannot not recommend uh, going with a smart trainer option just because it is a little bit more engaging for the amount of time that you might be spending on there. And then also the fact that it pairs up to uh, third party applications that can be easily used, um, such as Trainer Road, Zwift, uh, KinoMap. Um, and there's a few other ones actually that I saw coming on the rise. Uh, don't forget Sufferfest. I should not be forgetting Sufferfest. Give them some love. Um, those are all great options for the winter time to engage and actually spend time inside. Sort of help alleviate the cabin fever if you don't plan on winter riding or just the inconvenience of layering up. Uh, I will be probably having an interview with uh, one winter rider who is a good buddy of mine, Mr. Rudy. Uh, see if he would like to be on the podcast and get maybe his thoughts about layering up. And then also too, I want to do a follow-up uh, podcast episode with uh, Kelimino, who uh, did the Far Ride Transcan uh, bike ride back in March. And uh, just follow up with him because those who ride on the East Coast have a different way of riding all year. And so it'd be great to sort of compare and contrast what's all going on. Um, winter riding wise for uh, east coast canada versus central canada 
uh, meaning the prairies, uh, or the central province itself, uh, meaning Manitoba and Saskatchewan, uh, how we do it a little differently than uh, everywhere else, I would say. Um, and maybe tips and tricks on layering up for the weather itself, because uh, I know East Coast is a little bit more wet, and uh, in the prairies it's a little bit more dry, but there's more Arctic temperatures, so uh, you do have to be careful about that as well. Um, another thing that a lot of folks want to do is uh, eat well. Now, I can't necessarily advocate for what you should be eating. Uh, wintertime, let's just say produce selection kind of sucks for us because it's all trucked in because we don't necessarily have um, native species of oranges and citrus and apples and fruit even in the wintertime. So it's a lot of uh, make do with other items. So, uh, I would say I'm actually favoring more root vegetables, especially more wintry type seasonal uh, produce just to maintain nutrition value. Um, but also too, I've started incorporating a little bit of uh, um, probiotic natural-based cultures. So uh, items like kombucha, as well as something with uh, a mother um, or a scoby based uh probiotic uh food so one is uh, organic apple cider vinegar um i've started taking that actually uh with a little bit of honey diluted all in water before bed it's a bit of a tough drink by the way uh you i just choke it down real quick it's not a enjoyable drink to be honest um but i slam that back before uh, going to bed and yeah I've actually been finding it's been helping regulate to a degree uh, my precondition of uh, irritable bowel syndrome um, I suffer from IBS I've had the affliction for whew, 20 years now um, or the symptoms of it for that long it's debilitating at times but I'm really trying to focus this year in particular on controlling my IBS um, as well as eating well and getting fit. And uh, yeah, so those are just my resolutions. I'm curious as to hearing what yours are going to be. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear them in the comment section below. Uh, the nice benefit of the Anchor app is that it does forward me any comments that you have on any of the platforms. And it allows me to actually read and respond and actually interact in kind, which is really sweet. And I do appreciate them. So uh, if that's not your cup of tea, you could also direct message me on Instagram. And speaking of, that's actually how I got most of the questions coming up in uh, one of the next segments further on in this episode. Um, another thing on my list for this upcoming year is to be on my bike a bit more and to get more photos because uh, I do want to make another photo book this upcoming year. It's one of my big things. I missed out on doing that last year, um, mostly for the fact that I wasn't riding as much. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't I don't think I was terribly excited to be riding my bike all that much. Um, don't know the psychological reasons as to why. I think I was working too much um, to enjoy riding my bike. Uh, so external factors, we'll call it. And uh, yeah, I'd just like to take more photos. Um, I really enjoy taking photography, um, or taking photographs, I should say, and getting more 
display visual display and documenting um, my bike rides I really enjoy doing that um, if you're following me on Instagram you're probably noticing that I've been keeping a bit of a trainer journal where I'm trying to just uh, give insights as to each workout if I've like succeeded in uh, accomplishing the target of what the workout was about or if I fail which happened yesterday I'll get it eh, I won't touch on that um, I'll let you read the post um, but yeah, it was just one of those things that I found, uh, I'm finding that I'm enjoying sharing my ride trainer life uh, with all of you if you are following me on Instagram. Uh, if you are following me on Instagram, thank you so much. Truly appreciate it. If you're not and you're curious, uh, one, I should have uh, the, my, yeah, I guess my profile name. I'll just say at Dustin, D-U-S-T-I-N, W-H-T is how you can find me. Um, and that's where you'll find actually a lot of these ride journals. I'm listing them by the day of uh, workout. So I think I'm at day 25, which I'm going to do today. So another resolution, and I think the previous clip just cut it short a little bit, um, is to travel a little bit more than I did last year. Uh, I didn't really get out as much as I intended. Um, that was mostly due to work commitments and this and that, uh, how much dollars I had in the bank account kind of thing. But also, uh, yeah, so I would like to, of course, go back and hit up the Badlands gravel ride, uh, one more time, uh, see how that all goes change out the sort of record a bit more of the audio and the shenanigans that uh, occurred therein um, but also to record a bit more of the rides themselves uh, get that audio for you that's actually been uh, a goal from last year that I still want to carry forward and continue on as well but also hit up uh, friends on the west coast um, there's some rides out there that I would really really like to hit up uh, especially Victoria since I found uh, an old photo album that I went uh, that my grandmother actually had uh, from when we uh, meaning my grandmother my mom and myself all went to Victoria when I believe I was eight-ish um, just young whippersnapper and uh, yeah we toured Victoria and all that fun stuff um, and it really made me want to go back and check it out uh, since I haven't been in that length of time so it would be pretty cool to see that and maybe ride my bike in and around there. Um, but also visit friends out in Alberta, uh, but also um, do possibly the Peter Sagan charity Fondo that takes place in November in California. I think that would actually be a great little escape uh, going into the fall um, and get some riding in before winter comes in and, you know, meet a three-time world champion, I think that would be pretty darn gnarly. Um, but then also, uh, I want to make uh, one big goal for the podcast is to turn the podcast into and really strive to make it a weekly commitment uh, so that way there's consistency, there's something for all of you to enjoy on a weekly basis um, with the overall end goal to is to turn it, the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast into a daily podcast. Um, now, whether that stays as a bike shop podcast 
uh, and doesn't pivot to some other kind of content. Uh, we'll see. Um, however, I'd like to uh, try and keep it as a daily podcast. Uh, for sure. Sorry, sorry. I'd like to keep it as a weekly podcast for sure and uh, keep striving to make content uh, and documenting content in that regard. Um, I do and would like to make a daily podcast in the future. And it's really all about time management on my part. I'm very bad at it. Um, So it would be great to uh, record raw audio, just put it out there, see what comes of it. Um, But also give it some shape and some form in the form of a long form conversation and actually make it some good content for those of you who are driving, uh, riding the trainer, hitting up the gym treadmill kind of thing. I know that's where a lot of you are listening to podcasts. So thank you so much for listening to them, by the way. Um, But I would just like to make more interesting conversation uh, documentation there. And also just be cool to pick up on it for, for the future. So those are all my resolutions for this podcast coming up on the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast. Uh, if you've got any wishes that you'd like to see on the podcast, love to hear from you. Put them in the comments below. Um, I'm all ears. I'd love to uh, engage with you, the audience. So let me know what's up. So one thing that I found very interesting was um, in the news, in the velo, or sorry, the bike industry news world, um, found out that Shimano is no longer selling their product uh, to the consumer via Chain Reaction. Um, Now, that's going to be a bit more of a bigger topic discussion that I feel is going to warrant a round table um and i would like to get actually uh a customer um i would like to get a fellow staff in the bike industry that has the experience of dealing with uh online purchases um i would love to get the rep from shimano in on it but i feel it would just be too much of maybe a marketing ploy if i did but it would be good to get their voice in on it um i think the goal of having maybe a balanced conversation might be a bit thrown out the window or a bit naive on my part um so i i'm I'm just gonna hold comment and judgment on uh the fact that that has transpired um i will say that in the near future uh pro bike kit will also be uh effectively stop selling Shimano components uh, directly to the consumer. It's going to revert back to uh, your local bike shop, at least for North America. Um, My only comment is that uh, the fact that Shimano sort of sold it at cost to what bike shops buy it at, or even what staff purchases can be at, which is often better than what bike shops buy it at, really showed the value of how much Shimano's product is overvalued, if this all makes sense. They're, uh, say it's a $400 item, uh, let's say crank set. Let's just say it's a crank set. So if it's a Dura-Ace crank set, it's 400 bucks. And then on Chain Reaction, say they're selling it for 200, 
Um, that really shows you that they are overselling it for the $200 difference there. Um, if anything, I really feel that it sort of diluted the value of what Shimano Durace is. Um, and I kind of feel like it actually hurt their brand as it really did dilute a heck of a lot of the prestige of the brand, if that makes any sense. Um, so that's my only comment at the outset. I would really like to get a roundtable discussion. If you would like to be a part of that roundtable uh, discussion, please let me know. Uh, or even if you're on Anchor, uh, just download the app, all that good stuff. Um, you can actually leave me a voice message and give me your thoughts. I would love to hear it. Uh, and I would love to feature them in a future episode, uh, sort of detailing what that's all about and what it means to you as a consumer. Um, or if you're a writer or pro uh, amateur athlete and you're looking for sponsorship and all that good stuff, uh, what does that move mean for you? Um, would love to discuss it. But in the news of Shimano, I did actually have an interesting conversation with uh, someone uh, who is an insider and I won't reveal who they are so that way they don't get in trouble. And because I don't know if this is actually a media embargo is that uh, it was revealed that something is in the works from Shimano in the form of a one by uh, group set for cyclocross slash gravel. Um, the industry by and large is sort of beginning to create frames that are no longer going to be two by uh, chain rings on the front. So the Q factor is going to change just slightly. Um, so what that means is that manufacturer and component companies are actually beginning to adapt their group set strategies um, around that sort of ethos. So look forward to a new group set standard coming out from Shimano. Uh, it's going to be a one by and whether it's going to be DI2, uh, that's hasn't been revealed just yet, but expect something coming soon. Also, uh, if you sort of look at the timeline of when uh, Durace uh, announces items, um, or sorry, Shimano announces items, the Durace line flagship has uh, not necessarily received... Um, it's been three years actually since they released the Dura-Ace uh, 9000 series. So do possibly look forward to an upgrade from uh, that flagship very soon. Um, again, my prediction of 2020 uh, Tokyo Olympics and the fact that Shimano is a Japanese brand. Um, do look forward to a new flagship standard coming in the form of a wireless or quasi wireless i don't know what that all means but um do expect to have not necessarily uh it's still gonna have a permanent battery to the point that it's either in the seat post tube or it's gonna be in the handlebar junction to that extent that the batteries are not going to be clip on clip off uh similar to how or how SRAM does their wireless system. Um, but do expect the uh, disappearance of junction boxes uh, to go missing and also the DI2 wiring harness uh, to sort of go MIA around 2020. It's in prototype condition right now. Um, I was watching the Tour Down Under, looking at all the tech footage 
just to see if I could uh, discern some kind of insight. And I think I've seen it. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if it is, because I've been told too that they are camouflaging it to make it look like current standard uh, DI2. So a lot of it is gonna be using dummy wires and all that fun stuff just to throw people off from uh, snooping like I am doing. Um, so I just thought you would maybe enjoy uh, hearing what's all coming up from Shimano. Um, what other thing is coming out from Shimano that I was told? Oh, um, due to the whole chain reaction, uh, no longer selling it to North America, that's going to put it back in the good graces of manufacturers because the whole big problem was uh, bike manufacturers were not getting uh, group sets that they were promised for their units of bikes when they were selling them. And that created like a huge logjam uh, for product management and a lot of upset bike brands actually at uh, Shimano that they were all beginning to switch to uh, SRAM. So expect like this weird sort of uh, possible year where a lot of products that were normally Shimano switched to SRAM and maybe they might stay there. Uh, expect Trek to maybe do that. Um, but brands like Giant and such, expect them uh, to maybe change their branding back to Shimano in a year or two's time once this whole uh, product management and supply chain uh, fiasco sort of uh, fixes itself and gets back on running on track here. So um, yeah, quick little tidbits from Shimano. All right, you've been so patient. Here comes the good stuff. Here comes the Q&A that the listeners of the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast have sent me, the Bike Shop Boyfriend, Dustin. Um, you sent me your questions and here are my answers. Uh, first up is, uh, I'm looking at getting either a cyclocross bike, uh, a gravel bike, or an endurance bike. Which will be best? Uh, this question comes from Eric. Um, Eric, let's kind of, to answer this question, let's work a little bit backwards slash uh, kind of reverse engineer the intent. Uh, if you're going to go uh, race cyclocross, then boom, get a cyclocross bike. It's a no-brainer. Um a lot of them do allow for bigger tire clearances, so but the geometry has a normally higher bottom bracket is the main reason for the difference here amongst all these different bikes. Um, it'll feel and have uh, it'll feel like you have a slightly higher sense of gravity or center of gravity when you're riding it on tarmac and all that. Um, when you are riding it in cyclocross, it's going to feel like the right tool for the right job. It's going to have probably a slightly uh, more stable but yet racy sort of geometry to it. So you'll actually enjoy racing it on a cyclocross course. Um, and the fact that it's going to have wider tire clearances is going to allow you, should you be riding it uh, UCI legal, meaning a 33C tire width, um, it's going to shed mud and all that fun stuff, uh, sand and grossness 
off the bike really, really quickly. So you'll enjoy your race. Hopefully, um, if you're looking at a gravel bike and the reason why I don't have a cyclocross bike myself anymore is it's great to know, uh, your rides will be more endurance based efforts. And if that's the case, um, the geometry is going to be set up so that way you're a touch more upright, less racy, even though you can still make the bike racy in terms of its angles. Um, and you want to do a bit more exploration and adventure, and you're probably not going to race cyclocross. Um, that being said, you can use a cyclocross bike as a gravel bike by all means. Um, yet they're often a little bit more tight within the main triangle frame. Uh, so shouldering could be an issue that's the big difference i find between a gravel bike and uh, a cyclocross bike um, that inner triangle area for when you throw it over the shoulder it can sometimes really be awkward uh, and not the best um, and then the endurance geometry of an endurance bike uh, still a drop bar bike um, is that it's a road bike and it will allow for bigger more mixed use tire selection um, but some of them, a lot of these brands actually that have an endurance bike in their uh, product line, uh, they'll actually sort of top out around the 28C to 30C tire selection. And it's just not enough daylight for tire clearance should you encounter some kind of gross uh, mud, um, that slick sand kind of stuff that you can find. So I wouldn't recommend it for cyclocross. Um, but I think you could get away with it on some gravel races or mixed surface roads. So in summary, hopefully this helped. Um, if you know how you want to ride, pick the right bike for that purpose. One, you'll be happier and two, you'll get more value out of the bike that you get. Hopefully that answers it. So this question comes in from Guillaume, uh, that's French for William, if I am not mistaken. Um, you are an older cyclist, right? Do you notice any performance drop-offs? Way to get personal here, Guillaume, thanks. I'm feeling, feeling really old all of a sudden, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but in all seriousness, uh, I actually don't feel that old. Um, I think uh, Guillaume is referring to the fact that I am uh, currently 37 years old. And for me, and I'm speaking solely for myself, um, I do and I don't notice performance losses. Uh, the first performance thing I noticed uh, the most is that food affects my body differently than when I was younger. Um, metabolism changes, dietary preferences, those have all changed. Uh, getting rid of the little excess uh, around my midsection. I'm actually gripping it right now just to really highlight the, the visual for you. Um, it's a little bit more of a task than it used to be. So uh, I do have to work on um, more core exercises and all that fun stuff. Um, the second thing I've noticed is that my sprint uh, on the bike is much less. Uh, but on the flip side, uh, my endurance has actually increased as well as my tempo and threshold tolerances have also increased. I know how to handle pain more. Uh, I'm okay with pain. I'm okay with crazy high heart rates and feeling okay with that. Um, so those are all things that 
I'm okay with. Um, it feels like I'm also a bit more efficient with knowing how to pace myself, um, and which makes and keeps me feeling fast, actually. So I don't have to rely so much on a sprint to do anything anymore. So hopefully that all makes sense. Even though I've lost the sprint, I've sort of gained other talents and traits in the meantime. Um, that's probably due to fast twitch muscles converting into slow twitch. Um, and a third thing to sort of round this out is uh, also my writing priorities have changed quite a lot in the last 10 years. Um, I'm no longer interested in racing on the road uh, with other riders who don't know how to handle themselves in a competitive situation, um, especially riding in a group. Um, and they often especially are nervous. They can make mistakes that can have consequences for myself. Um, so it can make walking into the office Monday morning very much a, a bad day. Um, and for sure, my interest has changed into the uh, the gravel race scene and rides that have come about. Um, that whole exploration, just having fun of the ride is way more appealing than uh, road racing and seeing if I can beat the guy to the finish line. Um, I like the fact that these gravel rides actually also have like this isolation factor that um, play to more of my strengths as a rider, my mental fortitude. And again, it refers back to the pacing. Um, but I'm still always interested in pursuing my performance gains. So don't get me wrong. I still like being on my trainer, getting better and all that fun stuff. Um, it's just that I'm no longer out to road race or do crits anymore or anything like that. Um, it's just that I've shifted to what my strengths are and I'm really focusing and going in all, all in on those things. Um, but one thing that does come with age is experience. I'm experienced at what to prioritize, prioritize. Um, so I'm also going to go all in on what I'm good at and not dwelling so much on my weaknesses. So those are all things that I've noticed in my quote drop off of performance. Um, and those are all things that I've noticed while getting older as a cyclist. Um, yeah, I'm actually curious as to what you might have found uh, in years past, say like in the last five years, if you've noticed any kind of uh, performance drop offs or anything like that. Uh, if you do, let me know. Love to hear it. Here is another question from Steven. Um, what bike races are you looking forward to in 2019? I guess as a, as a bike fan, uh, I guess this is the, I guess this is how this is trying to be phrased. You know what? I'll answer from two different perspectives as a fan and as a participant. Um, for the road racing, I'm actually looking forward to uh, Wout Van Aert uh, lining up against like Peter Sagan and the other classics riders. That's going to be really fun to see in the springtime. Um, it'll be curious to see how he crosses over or how crossover riders from another discipline do in uh, another discipline, if that makes sense. Um, and then for the Grand Tours and the nuances of tactics and storyline over a season, uh, those are all things that I'm very excited for. Um, the fact that uh, it's been announced that the inclusion of Mathieu Vanderpool uh, in the Flandrian Classics will be very exciting. 
Um, I really enjoy how he races, even though some people complain about that the way he races is very boring. Um, I like to see him race. He's very exciting to watch. Um, plus, the races tend to show new tech, so that's always something that keeps me going. Uh, so I really enjoy that. Excuse me. Um, for cyclocross, because uh, the season is almost at an end, um, I'm very excited the fact that uh, Zhidnik Stebar is coming back. Uh, I love watching that guy ride. Hopefully he's got enough points to contend in the World Championships, and hopefully that World Championships is like the one in 2013. I highly recommend, if you can check it out on YouTube, check out the 2013 Cyclocross World Championships. It's one of the best uh, races you'll ever see. Um, and then on another note for uh, the Drop Dirt Bars set... Uh, of riders out there um i'm eager to see how dirty kanza goes this year um there's somewhat of a rotification happening in gravel races in that teams are beginning to form in that road cycling has teams that form up um and i really think that the popularity is rising that the event is gonna have some interesting things happen with it um so i'm very curious how that all goes uh going forward so those are my things as a cycling fan that i'm really looking forward to seeing in 2019 um and then speaking for myself i don't know if i'm approaching any events uh i'm riding as a race yet i'm gonna hold myself to the standard that i'm pinning numbers onto my jersey and or affixing a number plate to my bike and I will race my bike. It's a weird mindset thing. As soon as those numbers go on, I got to do it. Um, Badland Gravel Battle, uh, I've mentioned it before, is going to be a big event for me in 2019, as well as Ghost of Gravel and Kettle Metal uh, Gravel Race for my Dirt Drop Bar program. Those are all races that I'm looking forward to participating in. Uh, for the paved road rides, my program has a lot of asterisks around it right now um, of what I'm going to be doing. I love to uh, go out to the West Coast, as I mentioned in a previous segment. Uh, there's some Grand Fondos out there as well um, that I would like to participate. If you have any suggestions for me so I can really pigeonhole this um, and really set my, my program, um, feel free to leave me a message within the Anchor app or leave me a suggestion in the comments uh, or send me a DM via Instagram. Uh, this off season, I'm going to be doing a lot more Zwift events in association with the ambassadorships that I'm a part of. And I've already begun doing that. Um, I'm having a tremendous time on Zwift. I love it. Uh, it's very fun to be distracted and trying to just catch up to the wheel of the person ahead of you. Um, I still have no idea how I'm going to dovetail the events on Zwift with the structured training that I'm following on Trainer Road. Um, ideally, and I might still do this, is spend uh, a good portion of my Mondays uh, programming out the workouts that I see in Trainer Road and putting them in Zwift. I feel like that's a bit of double dipping, but um, yeah, I think that's actually how I might be approaching so that I can get the benefit out of both. Um, and we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah. That hopefully answers the question. All right, folks, I think this is going to be my last question. Uh, yeah, let's do one more. Let's do one more. Um, 
This one, this question comes from Janessa. Hi, Janessa. Um, thank you for listening to the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast. The question is, uh, which YouTube or video content do I enjoy? Um, ooh, this is actually a really good question. Um, I do actually spend a significant amount of time enjoying YouTube content as well as uh, video creators. Um, I really enjoy what they put out. Um, I've got like the long standing stuff, but the ones that I've really, really enjoyed lately is the uh, EF Education First Gone Racing series that just came out this uh, new year. Um, Highly recommend what uh, Harry and Stu and the rest of the crew are all doing there for Rafa and Education First uh, Pro Cycling Team. Very engaging content, love it. Um, Chat Stevens for is a really good long form conversation, and I hope that they make it a more regular feature, uh, featuring Matt Stevens, um, and it's for Rulera Magazine, um, and they actually have some great other content on their channel as well. Um, I'm absolutely obsessed with Bon Appetit channel, in particular, it's alive um, with Brad Leone or Leone. Bradley Leone, hopefully, and also Maddie Matheson. Uh, as a personality and a cook, I absolutely love that content. Um, yeah, hopefully that answers it for you. Uh, if you have any questions, I would love to hear from it. Send them to me here uh, at the Bike Shop Boyfriend Podcast. You can put them in the comments below. You can send them to me via DM, like these ones were, um, via Instagram, Dustin WHT. Again, that's Dustin WHT. I'll put uh, the link in the uh, description below. So if you do want to contact me there, it's also my handle on Twitter as well. So hit me up on Twitter and also the Facebook page. Uh, You can hit that up as well. Um, Yeah, that's going to do it for this Q&A. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bike Shop Boyfriend Podcast. I can't thank you enough so much for listening. If you like this content, give me a rating wherever you are listening to this podcast. If you have any questions or comments, I would love to hear from you. I say it throughout my episodes. Hit me up in the comments. Send me a DM. I love it. Uh, Again, thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode.